0: Hello and welcome to the Irish Mammy podcast. On this week's episode, I'll be speaking to Aisling Karen. So, Ashling, you are mom to one little girl who's three and a half. So, you must have your hands yeah. full with a toddler run around.
1: So full. And I didn't even think, like, you know, when people say, like, oh, toddler, like, you, you must be so busy and you must be running around in circles. I, I always thought, like, no, I'll be able to handle it. I can handle the newborn stage and I can handle the two year old stage, but now it's mental so mad sorry excuse me (coughs) it's mad i can't believe um i can't believe she's an EKI now so she's a montessori and uh yeah like without the school during covid like she's just running rings around me i'm trying to constantly find things to entertain her with i'm trying to think of new games to play with her she loves imagination you know that phase of imagination and play play rolling and um pretending to be the mommy with the baby and like rope and everybody is oh oh she was having a picnic party today in the sun and everything is a party oh
0: brilliant
1: so so funny but like you have to enact it and I don't know like with her she she ends up thinking an idea in her head that she wants you to act out and if you do anything wrong she will lose it because she is a toddler and she's like no you're supposed to be red and you're like red what like what am I supposed to be doing (laughs) you're trying to follow it and it's just mad she's mad she's mad as a of cats, which is brilliant yeah
0: and so why don't you tell me a bit about your journey to becoming a mum so was it always kind of written in stone that it was something that you wanted
1: so I always did want to be a mother and I always thought it was in my future but I ended up getting pregnant when I was um I think I just turned 30 um yeah I just turned 30 and it was definitely unplanned um she came as a great surprise and I had just been dating my my boyfriend my partner for maybe four months so it was a huge surprise and everything was brand new and I guess it was just you know we just kind of decided to go with it and just go with the flow and give it a go we were just enjoying each other's company so much that we were like you know what why not we always wanted kids the two of us and we were just like we'll just make it work we're just gonna make it work and it will just it will figure itself out and that's what we did so yeah it was it was a major shock and I I as well like I was on the pill so I didn't think I, like you kind of forget as, as somebody who, who takes, you know, um, protection that you can still obviously get pregnant. You just take it for granted, especially when you've been doing it for a long time. Like I, I think I was on the pill since I was about 16 and that's just been something that I've done and you just take it for granted, I suppose. And I don't know if, it's my body who just got really like a bunny boiler and was like this is your prime time to get pregnant you're 30 now like I'm opening those doors I'm ready it for, it.
0: for you <laughs> yeah
1: I, I don't know but like it's so funny because it could be it could have been something like that like I mean our bodies do crazy things and you know who knows like I, I just don't know but yeah it was unplanned and we just went for it and then it was just pregnancy from there I suppose and getting used to being together and getting used to being pregnant together and
0: getting used to being pregnant for the first time and yeah it was wild oh that must have been quite a challenge because I know that kind of the first maybe year is like all <sighs> for me like I just like I'm 10 years in so like I trying to remember that first year is like so long ago Um, (laughs) yeah yeah pretty much but I just remember like that first year being so crazy and so like honeymoon period almost um, and getting to know each other and kind of getting to see what you like about that person what you don't like about that person so I can't imagine the chaos of throwing a little person (laughs) into the mix
1: it was chaotic and in all of that we both were living apart in like shared accommodation and we both moved into my parents' house and my parents (laughs) were like we have the space um come join us and I was like well okay like I mean that's a great idea I suppose like what else are we going to do um you know yourself with the rental prices and we were like well then we can save for a house and we can do the whole thing
0: yeah do properly from like
1: yeah yeah like I'm it all out properly like and not get into serious debt from the beginning um so we did that and then we weren't only trying to get to know each other but then my partner Kev is trying to get to know my parents my parents are trying to get to know him they're trying to get come to terms with the fact that I'm pregnant and having a baby and it was just yeah it was crazy and you know what I don't do things half-assed anyway like it was just all or nothing and this was literally it and yeah so we were renovating like my parents house a little bit and doing it up so we could kind of you know make it you know comfortable for us and the baby when she arrived and yeah it was it was mad because the pregnancy was fine it was it was it was just towards the end then that um it all got kind of a little bit wild because everything was going really really well pregnancy was fine I was keeping up my fitness I was eating eating really well um I wasn't really doing a lot else to be honest and um towards the end they were like oh the the baby's not growing like and I was like what and I don't know if you remember yourself but like here like we were going to the nurse one minute and then you're going to the doctor the next and then you're doing kind of these intermittent meetings with different groups of the hsc basically and you're never really in the maternity hospital till the end um if all is going well and i got in there one day i went into my doctor's appointment or, or the nurse and they measured with a measuring tape because this is ireland they don't do it like with a scan every time you just get like your measuring tape out and yeah, like, oh, yeah, remember, yeah yeah remember yeah they measured the yeah. kind
0: of the height of your belly
1: yeah and how expanded it was and like is the baby in there growing the way it should be and they just kind of stopped and they were like, Oh, and I was like, Oh, what do you mean? Oh, and you're like, you No, know, you hear that, oh, and you're just like, You have to give me an answer straight away, you have to answer that. Oh, no, yeah, like, don't, what is that? Don't don't mess with me. Yeah. yeah, she's like, no, 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 it's fine, it's fine. And I was like, No, 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 hold, hold this, what what is going on? What is going on? And so I went into a panic, and then she she basically was like oh it's just not measuring to the to the height that we would have expected in this late term Um, we'll put you down for a late scan and I was like oh when will I get a scan and being on the public system they were like oh we can't get you in for a scan until seven days from now or something and I was like no like freaking out and I went off then and I was like no I can't wait seven days my head will just have me wrecked like I just wouldn't be able to cope so rang one of the private scanning places and was like can I just book one in for today please just settle my mind just to to hear what it is and they booked me in they're really good and um, it was like the well woman clinic is usually connected to like some sort of scanning place yeah like the the ultrasound suite or something like yeah, that yeah yeah and so I went there and they were so lovely and they were so helpful and so understanding and then once I got the scan they were like yeah so the baby's looking like she's measuring quite small She's only about three and a half, four pounds, um, at best. And obviously the scan isn't one hundred percent accurate because of the movement of the baby. And um, I was like, okay, so what does that mean? Like, I'm only, I think I was only, maybe thirty two weeks or something at the time. And I was like, I have a whole load of a way to go, really. Yeah. At the time, you think it's pretty short. You're like thirty two, about the end. And then when you actually are told, like, you know, this this situation, I was like, oh, I've still got loads to go. So like, she really has time like what What can we do to kind of get her to bulk up like um, and I
0: remember being told by a midwife that they do the majority of their growing toward the end yeah of the pregnancy so, they kind of gain a lot in those
1: last yeah. couple of weeks yeah and you usually grow quite a lot as well and then everything kind of comes together I suppose um to prepare you for the end and um yeah so I was like well there's loads of time is this not like grand um and they were like well look we'd caution on like air air on the side of caution in the sense that she's probably not measuring what she should be for 32 weeks um we would like her to be further along in her weight and her length and I was like okay grand so they put me on bed rest then obviously sent me out of work and I was like no I can't sit at home for like a month or more um but that's all I was doing and they were like eat everything whatever you were doing with your diet scrap it like eat all the fatty foods to go to McDonald's if you have to do whatever it takes try and eat as much kind of um fatty stuff as you can so you can try and give some of that weight to the baby and I was like okay grand so we did that and then she still wasn't really measuring she still wasn't really measuring um what they wanted towards the end um and the the, to be honest they warned me in advance and they were like usually smaller babies are harder labors so of course, you know, you're panicking. You're trying, and you to would kind of the think worst. the
0: opposite because you're it's not easier pushing something smaller out rather than yeah. something bigger. So yeah, it sounds so contradictory.
1: Yeah, and and I guess because they were worried that she'd go into like she'd panic as a baby and she'd be stressing, I'd be stressing. It would just be a full circle of stress, and uh, and I guess they warned me for that, and then obviously um. Oh, and I should have said like I had a frontal placenta for the for the whole right, pregnancy. Okay. So I couldn't feel her kicks or anything really to do with her because it was blocked. So that was another thing that labor was going to be quite difficult for because they want you to count the contractions. But also the kicking of the baby is really important to make sure that the baby's moving. Um, and so I wasn't going to be able to feel the baby moving. So that put a spanner in the works for the whole labor situation. Um, so I went in really early when I had pre-labor kind of going on and they kept me then from then on um and that was just mad because I had a full I was really open with my birthday plan I didn't really I didn't really mind about it um I didn't plan anything I, I wasn't one of these people that had like an hourly kind of timely expectation yeah or any way it had to be done by my doctor or anything like that so I was like really open let the doctors do their work and the nurses do their magic and everything else but um, I got in and they're like, We're just gonna keep you because you can't feel anything going on with the pre labor. So we're just gonna uh, keep you here and monitor the baby with a heart monitor. So they strapped me all in, and of course, that means you can't move. And so, you know, yourself, um, labor, all you want to do, it's like having a foot cramp, but just in your belly, and your uterus, like do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you're like, all you want to do when you have a foot cramp is stretch it out and like get rid of it immediately. And like that's what I guess contractions are like you're just trying to stretch it out trying to move it trying to relieve that kind of tightness um and I couldn't do that so I was just like lying in a stretcher with the strap around me with her heart rate and her heart rate kept dropping every contraction
0: okay so, more so and she more... was getting quite
1: stressed then yes yeah and so I was getting quite stressed and of course they say if the mother is stressed the baby's going to be stressed and She's already stressed and I'm doubling the stress. And so that went on and on and on. And I was like, can I just please go for an emergency C-section at this point? Like, this is just freaking me out too much. And I don't understand why you're not bringing me in for for an emergency C-section. Um, and they were like no natural is best it's best for the baby it's best for the mother to try and do natural if we can we think you can so we're going to keep you that way and then it got too far and I got too involved in labor and she got too far down the birthing canal that it was too late for a C section they couldn't have done it even if they wanted to okay so she had to come out that way so I then went I couldn't take any medication or anything at this point point. Um, they brought me in for the showers which was amazing the water the warm water was amazing as a relief um of the pain but that couldn't last forever it was like a prune <laughs> by the time I was coming out I was like <laughs> ridiculous and then I went straight into the delivery room and then they were like right we're going to give you the epidural because that's the only thing we can give you um, at this point point." and I was like thank so thankful that I could get it I think I've been in labor at this point for like 20 something hours oh I and, hear you <laughs> okay good yeah I, I, love, hear I love hearing that it's a shared experience because it doesn't make me feel so alone so like yeah it was really long and you're wrecked aren't you you're
0: just yeah it's exhausting exhausted. yes
1: so exhausted um and so you you just have to keep plowing on like you just don't have a choice you have to do it um and then so I was brought into the delivery room nurse is amazing waiting for the anesthesicist to come in and uh he's doing the rounds whatever and I was like do not miss me do not send him home and have me missed like I kept saying it over and over again I was like do not let him miss me and um he came in and the first time I'm shaking like a leaf like I can't stop the shaking I've obviously gone into some sort of shock like where my body is just the adrenaline is pumping pumping through me and uh he tries it and he misses the first time I was oh like, god oh my god you can't I, I, all you have is that vision. I'm not going into it, but like all you have is that vision of what he's doing, and I'm like, get that vision out of your head, get it out now. And I can't. And he has to go again. And he's like, stop moving. And I'm like, are you joking? I don't want to be moving. I really don't like. um So he did it the second time. He's like, this time it's worked. Grand legs go numb. At this point, I'm not really feeling a lot anyway through the the whole chaos of it all. Like I'm feeling the contractions, but it doesn't. kind of all feels a little bit numb as well if that makes sense like everything is just kind of so crazy you're in the height of it like and uh and then the epidurals are in and then they say okay the epidural usually slows down labor um because obviously your body doesn't know what's going on half your body's numb like it's hard to know how to gauge uh what's going on so um we started doing that and then they were like okay it took hours then because the labor slowed down and then we were at like say dilation of maybe four which is only about halfway not even halfway and that halfway stayed and stayed and stayed and I think I must have passed out at some point just like upright totally in like all of the gear and like all the the stuff in your arm and the drip and everything else and um my my boyfriend must have passed out for a minute or two as well and then I remember waking up and there was all the doctors in the room there's like six of them or something and two nurses and there was like a student doctor who had never visited a birthing experience in his life and he was there in the background just like white as a sheet the poor guy was just like I cannot cope with this You, you you could see him inches from the door just looking to bolt it and they were like right we're going for it this is it push now push and go for it and I was like okay right good we're doing it and she was out in like two pushes after all of that time and all of that energy and it was like two pushes and she was out it was the quickest time
0: that's incredible that I don't know that's, how that's incredible because like I never got that far I ended up with a like a cesarean in the end so Did I'm you? always kind of like what happens <laughs> What, what, actually, <laughs> what actually happens when they get to that point and I hear you about the um student doctor or the student doctor in my um in my labor as well and it was her first birth and when I went in my midwife was like I've got a great feeling about this you know your baby's going to come tonight and she's going to come on my shift and yeah um she said to the student doctor, she was like, Oh, you're going to get to witness your first birth. And I actually felt so disappointed for her that, that I didn't progress to like proper labor because she didn't get to see it and she ended up going home. I was like, Oh, that poor girl. Um, so disappointed, still waiting and wondering, What's it like? <laughs> what, yeah, what is birth? What Probably is lucky that she didn't see it though. Like, I think you have to be yeah. mentally prepared for one of them. Yes. Um, yeah. And so, um. Korea was born
1: Mm -hmm. and
0: what size was she? Was she teeny tiny?
1: She was so small. So she was like five pounds. Um, So tiny. I've never even like none of my kids, none of my friends at the time had had children or they had just all grown to a certain age that I hadn't experienced a baby since I was probably like a baby myself. Like I just hadn't held any, new babies or anything like that and the first one I'm holding in such a long time is like this mini mini teeny tiny easily broken baby like and I was like what do I do with this like what do I do with her like I couldn't I couldn't get over the size of her five pounds like she was literally her body size was probably the size of my hand and then there's her arms and legs and her head but like it was insane to 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 see her and to hold her and to have her like lying on your chest and you're just like I can't believe it um so she's brought to the ICU um as precaution any baby I think under 5.5 or six pounds has to be brought to the NICU yeah and and she's brought there to be put into the incubator just as a precaution and make sure that they can stabilize her blood sugar and everything else um and that's where it all gets a little bit weird when it comes to the hospital. So I was left then. Obviously, you have to get your, uh, there's like something you have to take that makes you get sick. I can't remember what it is. It's like, and I, I don't know what it is after you've, you've given birth. I'm, I'm not sure. I can't really remember. It's also hazy. But she I had this thing and then you end up getting sick for a while and then you get brought, you should be brought into your ward and to recover and your baby should be there if she's not taken to the with you and that's all fine I was left in the delivery ward for hours and hours and hours after and they came back didn't know what was going on nobody was really in our room either or came kind of to tell us anything and um they came in finally I think Kev went off to find somebody and then, when they came back they were like oh we've got a full hospital we don't have any wards um to give you a, a place and I was like <laughs> okay so like do I go home do I stay like what do I do um, and I was in so much pain at this point because the epidural was well and truly wearing off like oh my god was it wearing off and um, yeah I, I then they moved me into the hall because they needed the delivery ward and so they had another person who needed delivery room I was in the hall recovering there and then they just forgot about me in the hall they had a shift change at seven in the morning on Sunday and the nurse who had me clocked off and another nurse came in and they didn't know that I was there they didn't know I was there wow. Didn't know where I was I didn't know where my baby was and nobody had communicated with me nobody had talked to me I was freaking out obviously you're so emotional as well like your hormones have just taken an absolute dive and you've like you've, your energy is zapped like you haven't slept in three days you're meeting your baby for the first time it was crazy and Kev finally got me into a ward um and then he was like it's okay that I go off to meet obviously all the parents the grandparents are sitting around hanging out and all that jazz and uh and I was like yeah you go off you celebrate get your get your brekkie and come back in and whatever else um and I was trying to get some sleep but I still haven't been seen after my epidural to like go for that first pee because like you end up needing to go to the toilet you don't remember the last time you've gone for a pee like and and
0: did you get brought
1: back to the ward with a catheter i must have yeah I, like or or else it was taken out maybe in the in the in the like before i was brought to the hall but it was like it was definitely not there then when i was in the ward okay because i needed to pee and i was like i don't know if i can walk yet because the epidural makes your leg numb and nobody's checked me to see if i can walk so I was like, can I just get up and go to the toilet? Um, so I, I was kind of freaking out. And I was like, I don't know what to expect. This is like so new. Everything is yeah. so weird and surreal nearly. Um. And then I finally got a nurse. Kev came back from recce and he was like, he's still not been seen. And I was like, no. And I was getting really upset and really stressed. And I also wanted to see Kriya. And um, this nurse comes in and she was actually so, so rude I don't know look I don't know if it was hard like I was emotional maybe she's seen it all before she's just a hardy woman and she yeah. just didn't really have the time for whining like I remember feeling like that and I was, and then I I was like know.
0: maybe it was me just being reacting yeah. to it wrongly I remember having an emotional like that and being yeah. like I didn't like her I didn't take to her at right. all and I found she was quite um no. quite short with me and quite sensitive yeah, yeah. Um, and then I came back from the hospital thinking that maybe I had just taken it the wrong way but I don't think I did
1: like I still don't think I did but I'm, I'm willing to be open to understanding if if I did or not but like at the time it didn't go down well it went down like a lead balloon like and she to me was just being a bit rude and I was like I, I think you should have a certain um type of as well if you're going to be dealing with just brand new mothers who could have had a really tough time who knows the experience that they've had as well this wasn't my nurse for my delivery like so um anyway she was like oh you can just pee in a in a container or whatever before we'll let you go and I was like no I'd rather check if I'm, my epidural's been gone for like I don't know how many hours now so like I'm probably able to walk and like, i just try and walk like so eventually I tried to walk and she let me go and I went off and then I just kept walking to the ICU unit then I was like I don't care I'm just gonna go straight there and just figure it out so I went straight there and saw Korea like in the in the ward and it was just so emotional you're just like seeing all the wires seeing the tiny little baby in the in the little container of the what do you call that thing the incubator and um and they were feeding her a little bottle, like those tiny, tiny little newborn ones. And I was like, I wanted to breastfeed. And I don't remember being asked about it. Now, I know her blood sugar was really low because of her size and the length of the birth and the strength she probably needed to get through the birthing was probably completely like zapping her of all of the sugar that she needed to kind of recharge. So maybe they did feed her and maybe they did tell me that they were going to as a precautionary situation because she was small. They had to just pump her full of, you know, milk, blood sugar goes up and then everything is well. And then she can leave the ICU quicker. So that's probably what happened. But I was like, I don't remember being asked. I don't remember being asked. So obsessional, And then like, I really want to breastfeed. I want to try. But then I got to do it then in the ICU or or try in the ICU or not the ICU the NICU or whatever and um she was so small she just couldn't latch on I don't know if she had gotten used to the bottle already or if I was struggling myself as well um but we tried and we got somewhere but it was it was it was a huge try it was it was big and then gave it a break and then I went back to my room and um she was there then for I think it was a full 24 hours and then they they came down with her and I don't know if you remember yourself like they come down and they give the baby and they're like here she is everything's amazing congratulations and and then they're like
0: okay bye now and they walk and away you're- Oh my God. <laughs> that is the scariest moment in any new mother's life. And especially, right. I take it, Kev was there at the time that they brought her down to you.
1: Yeah, because he, it was nighttime. It was like really late. It was like two in the morning or some random time. And uh, he had gone home. He wasn't say so. Yeah,
0: yeah. Because I yeah. remember being brought up to the ward after my section um Mm. and Ian was allowed to come up to give me a little bit of a hand kind of just to get her clothes and to give because obviously I'd had the section um and I wasn't able to move and I had a catheter in and there was all these fun things going on after having that section um so I couldn't move out of the bed to get my bags so he was allowed to come to the ward um and get me on my stuff and make sure I had everything for like during the night, like close enough and stuff. Yeah. Close yeah. enough, like her wipes and her nappies and everything that I needed. And then mm. he was told that he had to get out. And the nurses were like, well, like if you need anything, just call us. Um, and I just remember being like, Oh, so this like I'm, I'm on my own here. Um, and because I wasn't able to move or walk or get out of the bed or anything, I had to change her on the bed but I just had a section. I had a big like incision on my stomach and I was trying to like maneuver myself and a baby and try to lift my legs. Yeah, Yeah, try to lift my legs so that I could put her in between my legs because I couldn't move my legs at the time. So trying to like put her in between my legs so she wouldn't roll off the bed and there was all this stuff going on. And I remember like ringing the bell and asking the midwife to give me a hand because she peed on the bed. Because like, I wasn't quick enough, yeah, and yeah. I, I wasn't quick enough with the nappy. And I just remember how cross that midwife was with me coming in, and she was like, "Oh, we have a change in area," and I was like, mm, "Can't move." Had a C-section, mm-hmm. legs yeah. were numb, um, and that was one. That was the only bad experience that I had with a midwife. But I remember being so upset because so I funny. felt like I'd done something wrong, even though I know in hindsight that I hadn't, because I couldn't physically move. Yeah, yeah. And
1: like- it's not like, it's not like I'm, I'm, I'm not bashing midwives, or, midwives or anything. No, or no, this no, not at my all, experience. But I feel
0: like that tainted, yeah. that one bad experience. Yeah. Tainted my overall lovely experience that I had. Yeah. yeah. And that seems yeah. to be the one that I remember.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? It only takes one bad thing to happen that our brains just love, you know, focusing on negative. Yeah situations like we naturally do it so we have to try extra hard like to try and focus on the positives and and you're right like you could experience all of this wonderful positive like dream-like experience and then just one tiny thing can just set you completely off track and it's just it's mad because like that's that's pretty much what happened for me and like I think as well as a new parent especially your first baby you just don't have the preparation for what you think you will have like you do all the work you do the antenatal classes you talk to other mothers you try and get ready you read all the books you get all this stuff and you think you're there you think you're in it you're going to be grand it, and then it just it's not that it isn't grand it's just a whole different experience I think yeah to what I thought it was going to be and it it's was just, not textbook like you think it's no. going to be no, it's, and I don't think you can explain it to anyone until they it, been through it. Yeah. yeah, and you can try yeah. your best. But everyone's is so different as well. Like every experience is so individual and each person has it all down and all their different stories to tell. And it's just like no one size, you know? And yeah. so like, it's just, it's just mad. And like when when Kev was gone and the nurse comes in and, and, and Kriya's there and they, I think they showed me how to, wind her like you know up on the shoulder and that was it and the nurse was amazing oh my god she was like she burped her once and like or tapped her back and then she burped her in an instant and then she just gives her to me and then I'm trying to burp her and I'm like what am I doing like I'm just like moving the child trying not to fling her across the room I'm like oh my god and she's so light and she's so small and like her clothes are tiny I kept loads of them kept tons of them and um yeah and then the day after because we were public instead of private we went straight home then and then we were just home like then that's just it and your new life has begun yeah and
0: your go home as a family of three I found that really like mental and I remember having almost not a breakdown but like I remember having like a mini melt a few days I knew I was having a second um sorry being induced on the Thursday so I had a date that I was going into hospital and I wasn't coming out without a baby yeah and I remember a few days beforehand sitting at home being like my life is never going to be the same again and I almost panic. I almost did have a panic because you know I think before Lucy and I think the same goes for absolutely everyone your life is almost Selfish isn't the word that I would use, but it's the only word that I can think of. I don't have to think of anyone else if I want to, like, have a lion until ten o'clock. It's independent, I could have it. like yeah, yeah. And like, I remember having this panic, being like, "Our lives are never going to be the same again." But it was just better, but in a different way for us. Yeah, and like, I was so worried about oh, we're never going to watch like a TV series again because we're going to have a newborn, and I was like, "Well, the newborn's pretty chilled, so." she's just gonna lie on one of us while we watch our yeah. program and that's you just have to think of it in a different way and I think when you put as you said a positive Side kind of, of think, yeah think yeah. about it more yeah. positively like everything seems so much better
1: yeah exactly and like yeah. I think I think for I think for me as well like I just didn't I just I, like I went from like you know a girl that went out all the time that loved getting dressed up and going into the city. And, you know, I worked, I work in advertising. So like I'd go to events and like, I did, it didn't matter if I got kept like later than I had planned or I went straight from work, that didn't matter. And then all of a sudden I'm, the independence is uh, is gone. Like in my head, I was like, oh my God, I, like you said, like, I'm never going to go out again. <laughs>
0: like yeah. I'm
1: never going to leave the house again and like it's so dramatic but it is a dramatic experience so I can understand why people do find it a dramatic kind of panic in that like yeah especially if you've had a hard time with pregnancy or labor or whatever it is and like your your emotions are just look it's the fourth trimester for a reason like we know that the emotions are crazy and you just have to kind of try and ride the wave as best you can yeah in that and like you're recovering as well like you're recovering, You're you had a c-section you're recovering from like a, a, a surgery
0: like an but open regardless of healing, what way you give birth but same with me is, yeah your
1: body is recovering yeah. from and I was so sore like on the pain like I was taking the paracetamol the ibuprofen on the four hours every four hours trying to get them into me and I did that for like the full 24 hours but like not only that like my back
0: was in bit like i like I heard so many people say that I personally have been very lucky I haven't suffered with my back but Amazing. I know one of the girls that I interviewed um already Laura mm. um I remember and I, she did say it on the podcast which I'm kind of raging over because I wish I had spoken to her about it but yeah. I remember seeing on her Facebook page that even Harry's two um like even two years on she still suffers with a lot of back pain from oh yeah 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 so me
1: too and and I I didn't realize at the time because like I kind of have bad backs in the family if that makes sense like my dad has a really bad back and I've always taken extra care of my back like through exercises and yoga and stuff like that to really treat it well because I'm so aware of what it can do to you to have a bad back do you know what I mean um so I was really conscious of being pregnant and the extra weight and like taking care of that back for that duration and um and in that I just yeah I like the pain was immense and what was happening as well what I ended up doing instead of changing it on the changing mat I for some reason found it more comfortable or easy on her changing mat on the bed yeah and in that I was crouching down more which is weird I don't know why I decided to do that and I was doing that regularly enough and that was only impacting my back more and then I like Because obviously Kev goes back to work two weeks after paternity. You're 100% the only person keeping that baby alive around the clock. And breastfeeding was happening for me at this point. I was pumping the whole time and bottle feeding her breast milk, which was also around the clock happening. So it was crazy like it was just like she'd sleep for whatever it is as a newborn two or three hours and then I'd be pumping while she was sleeping and then I'd be bottling that and freezing that and then feeding her that and then doing it all over again and it felt like you were getting about 40 minutes kip in between and I'm sure yeah. it's the same for majority of mothers and um, we were lucky we had that bottle machine that like makes the milk
0: when oh, we moved on to formula listen godsend and oh my God. um i know that the hse and the public health nurses and everything aren't fans of them and you know there's a lot of stuff on the internet that says they're not good i they were lifesaver they i were that we i wouldn't invented. survive without it no
1: and i can't I I, I can, no not at all i i couldn't even imagine i couldn't no, imagine I wouldn't survive making a bottle
0: it. yeah um and I know that you also said kind of about like that she wouldn't latch and stuff for you. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So just to make you feel better, of not sure. So I was never like dead set that I wanted to breastfeed. I was kind of yeah. like if she took to it, and we were right. both comfortable, I would have been happy. So just to make you feel a bit better, Lucy didn't latch at all. Okay. And she was born so never... seven pound two. Okay. She was so <laughs> like you know even as Each a to baby. Their own, like, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, mom guilt just doesn't have a place here because no, Lucy no. didn't latch for me either. Like we tried it yeah. when I was in recovery and then I've actually never told us soul this, but I'll tell the whole world anyway, saying I can tell everyone. Um. <laughs> I tried myself a couple of times when I was on the ward because I was like, God, my life would be so much easier if I could breastfeed, you know, I'd have more freedom. I could go out or whatever. So I yeah. tried a couple of times on the ward and she just no, was having none of it. So I was like, bottle for me. So- um, Okay, that's it. She's told yeah. me like the baby already ruling the roost. Like, it's yeah, just yeah, like, fine, absolutely. fine. Oh God, if yeah. you met her, you'd know she rules the roost anyway, not to worry.
1: <laughs> All women.
0: <laughs> so um, tell me what it's like, being a mom to Korea so Korea's three and a half now so how has your journey been for the last three and a half years because I just need some warning <laughs> to come because <laughs> my so almost like- nine month old is like absolutely running running me right at the moment really yeah. yes oh okay god. so it must be like nine thing. months in
1: oh my god and I uh, is she walking
0: no she's just started trying to crawl at the minute okay so like she's on the move Oh yeah. There. oh yeah. Oh no, yeah. Now she backwards crawls, but she's trying the forward oh, crawl at yeah. the like minute. Um and I yeah. just think we're in for a whole world of trouble when that starts. <laughs>
1: it's so funny, isn't it? Because like these stages, they just happen so like you're you're just nearly unprepared for them every time. Yeah, I around. feel like they creep up on me. And I'm not they one do. bit prepared. And like, then you're like, oh my God, childproofing. Like, shit, I haven't childproofed anything. Oh, all of this coffee table and stuff is going to have to go into storage for like a year. Like, do you know what I mean? And it's so funny. We got rid of a, a so much stuff in the house because we just deemed everything a danger and it was just easier to have an empty house with a couch in it. And oh, my clothes else.
0: horse is gone. Yeah. <laughs> like so She's in the gone. walker and she's like, it's, yeah. it's her favorite thing ever is to try pull it. Oh, but the then walker. she pulls it onto yeah. herself. And um, so the clothes horse is gone. That's a no-no. Yeah. Um, and like a clothes horse is a pretty
1: gentle thing in the
0: house. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not going to
1: usually cause too much damage. But look, a baby will change all perspective. Like it's, it's crazy. But yeah, so like she started putting on the weight I, I stopped breastfeeding Um, I didn't even really bother with breastfeeding where she latched on I was just for me like breastfeeding with the bottle you were just pumping pumping then I was doing half and half because it was a nightmare to try and keep pumping I kept getting engorged and my body didn't understand because it wasn't coming from baby there was no communication between my body and the baby and how much breast milk was needed because I was using the pump so that went on anyway and she was Grant started putting on the weight formula feeding was the way forward for us after three months I gave up totally breastfeeding and I felt really guilty and then moved forward from that and was like look it's Grant it is what it is and she's just well and she's putting on weight which was a huge worry and concern for the doctors me everybody if she got sick when she was five pounds that would have been insane and a great great worry so we were really grateful for that and we were doing whatever it took um and we got through all of those hurdles and yes she started walking talking the walking was hilarious like she was quite young she was just under a year um and started walking and that was it she was let loose then and we were like oh my god like you can't even open doors now without a danger like you couldn't leave her and it was, you forget it was so easy to have the newborn stage where they would lie still and like not go anywhere you could literally leave the
0: room and, and oh even and nappy changes nobody nappy. warned me it's like wrestling a baby crocodile yes exactly and they, start they are just doing and that turn of death where they just I want know. to roll onto their belly like honestly yeah. it's like wrestling like a baby crocodile yeah. at the moment. and like if they're peeing and
1: peering at the same time oh good lord but anyway <laughs> Uh, don't have to buy so new funny.
0: furniture when you're <laughs> yeah don't don't
1: just get everything secondhand it's grand um yeah so like she's three and a half now she is flying it um her speech is amazing she like our house is a full house of talkers so she really came along quite well in that sense again I think it's a girl thing girls just progress quite quickly when it comes to that sort of stuff now I don't know if that's just the emotional side of the brain kind of kicking in a little bit quicker in girls then it will maybe with boys i don't know um but for her like she has a cousin and um a boy and like is i mean you can see the difference in boys and girls like you know just, he's really chill and she's just like go 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 like she's mad and um, she's mad yeah she's in Eki. she's doing really well we're toilet training at the moment and toilet training has been a small nightmare to be honest and it we started during lockdown in summer last year or maybe like may or june just coming into summer because i was working from home and i thought i had time to do the toilet training because i was there all the time so i was like you know what grand she's not with the childminder. i can nail this it'll be totally fine forgetting that i'm in a really busy work job and i'm in video calls you know it could be five hours a day and um i forget to ask her obviously like do you need to go to the toilet we're gonna go try and go to the toilet and then if I did get her into the bathroom it could take her 40 minutes to go to the toilet and I didn't have 40 minutes to sit in the bathroom like um so that didn't go well and because I started off so wishy-washy and uncommitted in hindsight that was the worst idea because you know she needs like guidance, and you need to be going like determined to get and it done. And, so much
0: encouragement and and strictness stickers. as in like <laughs> yeah. And I was using
1: the stickers, but I was too late, and then I felt guilty for missing something, or say like she peed before she got in, or she wasn't fully establishing the routine of what we do with the toilet. You know, and yeah. I wasn't really guiding her all that well, so then we stopped. I realized uh, the Montessori took her with nappies, so I was really lucky. So I stopped, stopped dead and was like, no, we'll come back to it when she seems more ready.
0: Yeah. So like,
1: Christmas came around this year and um she we're off obviously for like the whole Christmas and COVID again. So I was like, we can't go anywhere, so we'll just stay put and we'll we'll do the toilet training. She got better at it this time at Christmas. Um, peas were grand, it was pooing that was really hard um to explain to her, and it was nearly like she was too stubborn not because she didn't know how to do it yeah it was like she was just like no just no but kids and don't like
0: ah. going to the poo. The kids honestly and i only know this i uh, used to mind my sister's children and mm-hmm. i was there for the potty training part of it Um, okay. so i i've done the potty training with um boys and yeah. they just the poo takes a long time to come so don't Mental. beat yourself up over it and it's yeah. nothing it's it's not a Korea thing like it's it's not that she's not getting it it's yeah. i don't know there's obviously like an a, a you know a kind a of block. a block there that they yeah. just they just don't do it straight away it takes a while for that to come and yeah um, and like, obviously Fair I'm long. not a professional, but that was my own experience with it. Um, And Lucy yeah. is like one out of 21 grandkids on her dad's side. And Bad. I've been around for 10 years. So like, I've been around for a lot of those children being born Um, and the yeah. same for a lot of them as well. So like, it's yeah. not a Korea thing. So yeah, it's just fine. give the kid a break. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And that's the thing. And I'm like,
1: you know, you have to be like softy, softy. And I'm taking that real like approach of being gentle and it's taking as long as it takes. Obviously, it's really stressful because, like, look, nobody likes cleaning up pee and poo. Yeah, Nobody likes it. And if it happens, like, sometimes it can happen with her, like, because she's holding it in. So doing that, it can happen. Like, there can be four accidents a day. And sometimes it gets a little overwhelming. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. But we'll get there. We'll get there in the end. Right. And it's all going well. And we'll just keep pushing forward. And she's getting it. She's getting there. And she will. And we'll forget about it when it's done.
0: And has um, she come along leaps and bounds since being in Montessori and being in her ecke year? Has that kind of helped her socially and has she, how has she found it?
1: Yeah, so like I was obviously concerned with um, her age bracket for socialising because like this is when they kind of get really busy and when COVID hit she was two and now she's three and a half. So like so much has happened for her little life like for it to get to this point and with COVID lockdown and her to get to here it's just like will she be antisocial like will she find it difficult will she be she's only been around adults for a really long time like is she going to be able or want to hang around with children her age and how will she interact with them but she seems grand like I mean the the Montessori teacher has said she's been brilliant and she's been no like she's had her typical kind of random reactions where she is maybe having a scratch with somebody that is, is taking her toy or she somebody has scratched her or whatever it is and you obviously overthink it and you're like oh is she gonna be well like is she okay is she okay is everything okay like she's not reacting badly because of COVID is she is she fine she's just three she's fine she's grand like it's totally normal so yeah she's come along way better now and um, much more active much more into her imagination now than probably with COVID and lockdowns and in the house
0: um so yeah like only onwards and upwards I suppose all done well amazing well listen Aisling thank you so so much for taking the time to chat to me today it's been lovely and I love that I kind of have an idea of what's to come and now I kind of have a bit of reassurance that girls are just that bit mad as well
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's like we're we're all mad we're all mad as a bag of cats it's grand like
0: (laughs) thank you so so much and for anyone who um would be interested in featuring in the podcast don't forget to send me a message on my Instagram page the Irish Mammy podcast and also check out Ashley's page so Ashley, you're a life coach and you have a, an amazing Instagram page called Mother Mayhem yeah and it's mainly on um
1: just mothers as well like I I kind of proactively try and work with mothers, especially new mothers for the first time um, and their experience um, in the fourth trimester and just trying to deal with that impact um, that it has on their emotions and maybe triggers. And sometimes we can fall into negative thinking and I try and um, do workshops to try and um, like change all of those views and integrate new positive ways into their lives. that sounds amazing and if you've any coming
0: up make sure to let me know and I'll give it a share on the insta
1: I would love to thank you
0: so much thanks so much thank you